Good morning. Welcome to church today. Uh, Merry Christmas the week before. We're really glad you're here today. This is Pam Clark. Everybody know Pam? Pam has been our, yes, she's been our learning center director for the last four years. And uh, she had uh, been praying about her future. And I guess God opened the door. I guess God did. <laughs> no, God opened the door for her to go back into teaching, and she's went to uh, teach school at Riverview Elementary. And uh, I just wanted to, you to uh, just tell Pam how much you appreciate our, our learning center when she took over. Uh, we were in desperate need of leadership and love back there, and Pam stepped in and did a great job for about four years, and now she's headed back into teaching elementary school. And so when you think about it, pray for Pam, because she's a light in a place that needs light. Uh, she carries the light of Jesus with her. And so we're happy for her that God has uh, given her a place to serve, that she feels uh, where God has led her. And Pam, we thank you for stepping in and doing uh, the job that needed to be done as God called you to do. So we thank you for that. Would you tell her how much you appreciate it? Now, I don't know, but I encourage you as you go through those school zones, instead of getting aggravated that it's 25 mile an hour, just pray your way through it. Just pray for the teachers, pray for the students, pray for uh, the administrators, pray for those school bus drivers. Uh, just pray that God uh, will uh, just protect our schools, but more importantly, that his Holy Spirit will be there. And many kids will come to know Christ because of teachers just like Pam. There are a lot of teachers in our schools that love Jesus. And I pray every morning for those uh, teachers specifically when I come through the school zones at Cortland and uh, Cortland Elementary and right now here at Freedom, that God would use you if you're a teacher in the schools, that you'd be a light and that light would not be uh, put out by others who are intimidated by that, but your light would shine and maybe those children would come to know Jesus. I was on the plane to India a couple weeks ago and uh, I... Um, it's, it was a long trip, and they had moved. I had to say something about these candles. A lot of them are burning out because they're at the end of the line. But every one of those candles represents someone that has shared their story about Jesus with someone. And, um, and so we're excited about that. We're going to have that stage all lit up with new candles on Christmas Eve. And uh, it will be, uh, I'm sure by the time this weekend comes, there will be many more that come to know Christ because of our Wednesday night prayer time. Are you all still doing that? Where you put your candle in the window and you pray for your neighbors, you pray for your people that you want to know Jesus. I hope you're still doing that and uh, because I believe God is moving and answering those prayers. So thank you for doing that. But I was on the plane to India and I was flipping through the movies and I saw the movie Elvis and Nixon. I never knew there was a movie Elvis and Nixon. So I said, I'm going to watch that movie because I like Elvis. And, uh, you know, and... Um, you know, Nixon, he's all right. I'm not going to get into all that. But <laughs> I, uh, Nixon, or uh, Elvis, I didn't realize Elvis had a dream of being an undercover uh, federal marshal. And this is a true story. And so he manipulated his way uh, to get to have a meeting with Nixon in the Oval Office. And he, it all worked out. Finally, he went to meet with Nixon. And he told Nixon about his dream uh, to be an undercover federal air marshal. And sure enough, after some conversation, Nixon agreed that he would make a great undercover federal marshal. And so uh, the Justice Department, they swore him in, he got his badge. And you know, we thought he died. 
but he's undercover. <laughs> and you know what? We tracked him down, and he's going to be here Christmas Eve. <laughs> so invite your friends. Uh, you know, there's been about a thousand of you here this weekend, and we all of us would invite one person. They will come because people come on Christmas Eve. But I got to tell you, if you tell them we're going to celebrate Jesus, but not only that, Elvis is going to be here, they'll be here. <laughs> okay? So I hope you'll do that. Uh, love to fill this place up with people. Uh, you know, people say, well, they just come twice a year. I'm just glad to come, you know. If they come twice a year, once a year, they're here, and we get the opportunity to share together and minister, and I'm excited about that. We've got a very special candlelight thing at the end of the service. You don't want to miss it. So if you're in town, invite your friends and come on out. You'll do that? All right, you got those cards in there. Not many of you said you're going to do that? Oh, that's not enough to fill this place up. How many of you going to do that? Say, yeah, I am. All right, that's better. Uh, do you see? Uh, did you see the Charlie Brown cartoon where Charlie Brown, uh, Brown's young friend Linus, you know Linus, he carries the blanket around, and uh, he was having a serious com conversation, uh, and uh, Linus had just told his big sister Lucy that he wanted to be a doctor when he grew up. He was ambitious. Now, you may remember that it was Linus who once said to his big sister uh, that big sisters are the crabgrass in the lawn of life. So all you big sisters, <laughs> anyway, I'll move on from that one. But he had just said, uh, she said to him, uh, Lucy said, I can't, I can't believe my ears. You want to be a doctor? She said, that's a laugh. You, you could never be a doctor. Uh, you know why, Linus? And he said, uh, she said, because you don't love mankind. And Im immediately, young Linus took his blanket and he cuddled it real close to his chest and he muttered, I, d I do love mankind. It's people I can't stand. <laughs> you know, folks, it's Christmas is just around the corner. Next week, you'll be celebrating uh, with your family around the Christmas tree. A and for some of you, you will descend into the pits of holiday hell with family members that you don't like to be around. Now, all of you, many of you, I would say, you say, yep, you're a right. I mean, I got some people next Christmas, or Christmas Eve, we'll go flying over to my mom's and we'll stay there a couple hours, but there's a couple of them. Uh, but anyway, we all have them. And, and uh, family can sure clutter our Christmas. Your Uncle Hank, he drinks too much. And uh, we all have that. Uh, your sister Mary won't stop talking about her love life in detail. And your brother Greg won't stop talking about uh, how much money he has. And, and, and although Grandma Gertrude gives compliments, they're always indirect criticism. You know what I mean? Anybody got one of those? May not be Grandma, might be Aunt, might be somebody, but somebody in your family, they love to compliment with criticism. You know, like, wow, that casserole sure good. It's almost as good as Jane's. Yeah. Or, or, oh, wow, you baked that? Did you use a box mix? You know, <laughs> we all have them. So we're finishing our series today, Uncluttered. And uh, during this series, we've looked at some of the things that if we're not careful, we can clutter Christ right out of Christmas. I mean, we can get so cluttered up with the busyness of life. And, and Jason talked to us about that a couple weeks ago. He talked about how busyness can clutter Christmas out. And then he spoke to us about travel and how traveling and planning and getting all that can clutter Christ out of Christmas. Last week, we talked about how the crowds can clutter Christmas. And this week, we're going we're gonna to look at... Uh, the clutter of family relations and how they, if we're not careful, can clutter Christ right out of our Christmas. 
Christmas for some of you is the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, you are jacked up, excited, and others of you, you just tolerate the holidays. I mean, you just can't wait to get them, just can't wait for them to get by. I mean, you do your best to survive this time of year. You see, Christmas is always thought of as the best time of the year. I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, Christmas, I could not wait. I mean, I hardly slept on Christmas Eve night. My parents used to make me stay in the bed. I was so excited. And unfortunately, as we get older, we begin to see life differently. And we begin to experience family and relational pain. And Christmas can go from being the highlight of the year to the most difficult time of the year. Why is that? Because there's an enemy. You see, there's an enemy in this world. And he's crafty and he's cruel and he's on, he's on the prowl. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour, trying to destroy us. And he hates Christmas. I mean, think about it. He hates Christmas because the Savior of the world is being born, has been born. And when Christmas comes, we're all focused and celebrating. Even people who don't go to church, many focus on Christ. And the enemy hates that. The enemy hates anything that God loves. And he went to, he wants nothing more than to clutter up your Christmas. And, and he, nothing more than cluttering up your Christmas with family problems. Because after all, that's what our relationship is all about, a relationship with God, a relationship uh, with others. And he, he's nothing he loves more than that. The very truth that Jesus came to dwell among us and set us free from sin, it really ticks in, the enemy off. He wants nothing more than destroy it. Destroy that special time in your life by all means. He brings out the big guns. You see, the Bible teaches us that the devil's mission, Satan's mission, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly, but the devil says, I have come that, that to steal, kill, and destroy. And Christmas is a time of year that I believe he steps it up. He finds every way he can. Because if there's ever seasons that, season that others have opportunity to hear about the hope of Jesus, it's Christmas. And that's why it's so important that you and I invite every person that breathes in our neighborhood, our workplaces, or wherever to Christmas Eve service. Because they'll come. People come at Christmas Eve. So you can be sure right now that the devil's working overtime to clutter your Christmas. And his last shot will be Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or whenever your family gathering is, that's his last shot to destroy the good cheer of your Christmas. He never takes time off at Christmas. He works overtime. So today we're going to look at how to defeat his mission of creating clutter in your family relationships so that you can enjoy the peace that the angels spoke of in the Christmas story. Our verse today is from Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Uh, the Bible says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You see, God not only wants you to have peace with him through a relationship with him, he, he also wants you to have peace with other people. And so, uh, so the enemy comes and tries to rob us of that peace. You know, but because rather than peace on earth, for many it's a time of pain and uh, frustration and stress and hurt. And which reminds me of another Peanuts cartoon where Lucia says to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, it's the Christmas season. 
I think we ought to bury our differences and try to be kind and get along this Christmas. And Charlie Brown says, great, that is great. But, but why just this season? Why not all year? And Lucy says, what do you think I am, some kind of lunatic? In a few short days, you will see family that you aren't particularly uh, fond of and you don't particularly like to be around. All families have difficulties. My family, we have people that are difficult. Uh, there are jealousies, there's grudges, there's resentments, there's misunderstandings. There are those special relatives who are not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know what I mean? Any of y'all got any relatives that's not the sharpest knife in the drawer? Yeah, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but <laughs> maybe that person's sitting beside of you and you're scared to dot your head. <laughs> Last night, uh, a son looked at her mom, his mom and went. <laughs> but anyway, you all know who that is. You know, their elevator just doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Like this family. Now, some people deal with those family members that are difficult, but we all have people in our lives. No matter how well-intended uh, or how well-intentioned they are, no matter how hard they try, no matter how much they love you or how much you love them, they're going to get on your nerves at the holiday season, at Christmas. And if you're going to have the, uh, have the uh, healthy, meaningful, joyful, uncluttered Christmas that God desires for us, we're going to have to learn how to deal with people difficult people in our lives. So I'm going to give you a few things this morning that will help you to unclutter those cluttered family relationships so that you can have an uncluttered Christmas. The first thing that you got to do if you want to unclutter your family relationship is pray. I mean, it seems logical that if you've got some difficult family members that you're going to be facing in a few short days, now's the time to start praying. 
and just, you know, and pray uh, now asking God to, to be with them. But you might ask, well, what do I pray? And, well, for sure, don't pray that God will strike them dead. <laughs> or don't pray that they'll get hemorrhoids at Christmas. You know, pray that God will bless them, that God will bless them with peace and that he will fill their lives with joy. And if they don't know Christ, that they'll come to know Jesus Christ this year. Pray that you'll get the opportunity to share the story of Christmas or your story of salvation. But just pray that God will give them peace this Christmas. Now, here's something you need to hear, I believe. Your prayers may or may not affect uh, that person, but your prayers will affect you. How many times, I mean, I've learned that you cannot pray for someone else without God doing something special in your heart. So I just encourage you to pray for those family members. Pray for that gathering. And pray especially for those family members that have a tendency to clutter your Christmas. In Luke chapter 6, verse 28 from the message, Jesus says, When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. Unclutter your Christmas. Start by praying, and start today praying for your family. Next, uh, show some humility. Don't respond to that person in your family as if you are the better person. In Philippians, Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself. Now, I believe what Paul is saying here is that instead of focusing on the things which we're good at, Instead of focusing on the things that we want to talk about, focus on those things uh, uh, the person who uh, clutters your Christmas is good at. Ask them questions about their life instead of focusing on you and focus on them. That, I believe, is true humility. You see, we also need to re show respect. We may feel they don't deserve it. And maybe there's some family members that have hurt you deeply and done some things to you that were not appropriate. But I, I would just say that try to find a way that you can show them respect. Humble, humility and respect, they work hand in hand. But you know, I've looked at the scriptures all my Christian life, and nowhere in those scriptures of the Christmas story or any other time can I find the fact that Jesus disrespected the people who humiliated him, the people who brought, wanted to bring him harm. He never spoke any words of disrespect or he never acted toward them in disrespect at all. In fact, Jesus said, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. So if you want others to respect you, first respect them. You see, what you sow is what you reap. If you sow respect, you're going to reap respect. If you show, sow generosity, you're going to reap generosity. And so if you want others to respect you, treat them with respect. So this Christmas, unclutter Christmas by treating others the way you want to be treated. If you want people to focus on the good things about you, focus on the good things about that family member that you're not looking forward to being with. You see, I believe every person has something good about them. I mean, no matter what that person may bring in your life or what you think of that person, I believe every person has good because they're created by God. And I, I just believe that there's something good about them. Sadly, most people that are giving you a hard time and that we have a tendency to want to point out their flaws, sadly enough, I believe they already know their flaws. You know, I, I know the things about me. I mean, I know the things about me that probably is difficult for people in my life. 
I know the things that I need to work on. And I, and, I don't, and I don't think at Christmas we need to point that out to them. Another thing you need to do to unclutter your Christmas is just keep quiet. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to be quiet and walk away. This means not complaining to other family members, not being critical, not getting in the little huddle of all the people who know the, about the, the guy or the woman that's crazy in the family and not talking about them behind their back. It means not making sarcastic comments about that person. And here's the one, and it means not taking uh, and posting negative, terrible comments on Facebook about that person. I gotta tell you, I think that Facebook is straight out of hell, man. I mean, it can be either good or it can be evil. And I don't, I don't think that's the place to amend our family uh, differences. Matter of fact, the Bible says, Jesus tells us, if your brother wrongs you, go, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. Welcome back, John. Tell other uh, souls, but don't tell another soul, but talk to the person who wrongs you. Next, stay calm. Some family members you're going to encounter this Christmas, they are hurting. And here's what I know. Hurting people hurt other people. And some of the people that you encounter this Christmas are hurting. And that's why they're difficult. And they're full of anger. And they're full of resentment. And, it, and many times when we encounter that and we try to fight back with that, it's going to spill over on the whole family. I remember a few Christmases ago at the Marston family, we were having a little uh, uh, deal after Christmas, and and uh, my brother who, uh, you know, anyway, it's my brother and my aunt. And my aunt, uh, she was just going off and saying some things, and, and you know, she she's not the favorite aunt. But my brother, instead of staying calm and being quiet, he just goes off on her. Now, you're talking about destroying everybody's Christmas. I mean, that junk just spilled all over everybody. And when we're not calm and, we're not, and we don't stay quiet at times, it can just be a mess. Proverbs says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Always remember that if we need to respond, respond Christ-like and respond gently. Another thing is don't get back. Don't try to get even. You know, if you're trying to get back at someone, what you're doing is trying to be God. You're trying to do God's job in that person's life. Romans says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear brothers, but re leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. Now, I don't want the Lord repaying me. I don't want to take revenge, and I don't want to be that person that causes all those uh, difficult times. I don't want to try to get even. Allow God to settle the score. God knows the heart, and I believe God knows how to settle the score better than you and I know how to settle the score. And so I think it's important that we allow him to handle it in his time, in his time, not in your time, but and in his way. So, if you want to underclutter your Christmas, you also uh, don't gloat. You know, I don't know about you, but I'll just be honest with you. There's been times when people I don't like, when things are not going so well for them, I kind of like it. You know, now I haven't done that in a while, and I don't see anybody in here that I've, <laughs> I've done that with. 
Um, but you know what I mean, don't you? I mean, if you're honest, there's times when somebody that's giving you a hard time, when they're getting a hard time, you're going, there you go, way to go. You know, but if trouble comes to a family member, even if it's a result of their own bad behavior, it's not your job. It's not my job to gloat over that and be happy about that. You see, Proverbs tells us, do not gloat when your enemy falls, when they stumble. Do not let your hearts rejoice. We're only to rejoice with others when they are rejoicing. And we're to mourn with others when they're going through a difficult time. And I believe there's people in our families that are sitting around our Christmas tree that need us to mourn with them. And realize that they've, had, they've been dealt a bad hand. Whatever that might be. Even if it's their own stupid decision. And mourn with them. And then there's family members that you need to rejoice with. But don't gloat. Another thing we need to do to unclutter our family relationships at Christmas gatherings is choose to forgive. Jesus says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, there's always that but, if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What Jesus is saying in this passage, I believe, is we cannot receive what we're unwilling to give. We cannot receive what we're unwilling uh, to give. That's the way it works. Forgiveness is a two-way street. If you are unforgiving, the Bible says don't expect forgiveness from God or anybody else for that matter. Simply stated, forgiven people forgive. So ask God. You say, man, buddy, you don't know. and You're right. So just begin asking God, God, help me. Give me the desire. Give me the willingness. Help me to forgive. Help me to even begin to think about forgiving. God, help me to forgive that person who's hurt me so deeply. Finally, remember, you can be difficult too. You can be difficult too, you know? You've been around the Christmas tree and you've been the difficult one. Our natural tendency is Christmas and at other times is to, is to only focus on how other people cause us pain. How other people have done us wrong. What they've done to us. But the truth of the matter is that I can be difficult at times, and so can you. Don't forget, we have all sinned. The Bible said we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us, we're all in the same stinking, sinking ship. We've all sinned. The Bible says there's, no, there's not one, no, not one of us who is righteous. The Bible says our righteousness, our, our trying to be righteous on our own is like filthy, oily rags. You may not be the source of the conflict right now, this time, but I'm sure you can say there have been times that you have been difficult to get along with. So this Christmas, when you're dealing with a difficult relationship that you're trying to unclutter, start by examining yourself. And saying to yourself, what role do I play in this? When have there been times that I've been difficult to get along with? In Matthew 7, the Bible says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, in light of that verse, I realize 
that in many cases, I'm the difficult person. I've made it hard for other people in my, my life. I've made it hard for other people in my family. I've made it hard for my wife and my daughter. I've made it hard at times for my mom and my dad. I've created problems in my own family and in my own life. And when God gives us this kind of insight into our lives, when I realize the pain that I've caused others and the difficulty that I've caused, it becomes a lot easier for me to deal with the difficulty that other people create in my life. When I realize how much God has forgiven me for, it's easier for me to forgive others. But when I realize the pain that I've caused others, it helps me to have grace for others who cause me pain. It becomes a lot easier. So in closing, here's a final thought or two. We're going to have to deal with difficult people every day, not just at Christmas. There's people in your home. There's people at your work. There's people at your school. There's people in your uh, commute to work. There's people that you're going to have problems with every day. And in some cases, that difficult person may be you. We can't change anyone but ourselves. No matter how hard we try, the only person I can change is me. And the only person you can change is you. We try so hard to change others. But we can, we can, cha but we can change how we respond to the difficult people in our life and the difficult situations that God allows in our life. So let's go back to where we started with the angels. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. At, Prince, at Christmas time, the Prince of Peace came. And he was born in a lowly stable. And the Prince of Peace has come, and he's here today. But the Prince of Peace came so that we could have peace with God. I mean, so that when we know that we know that when we lay our head on our pillow at night, that it's well with my soul. And that we can have peace with God. And if there's sin in our life, we can have peace and know that God, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us of all of our sins. And he will purify us from all unrighteousness. He'll make us brand new. And he'll give us a new start. You see, we can have peace with ourselves. And I firmly believe when we have peace with ourselves, we can have peace with others. Because the Prince of Peace has given us peace. And we have peace with ourselves. And there's nothing that separates me and my relationship with God. That is well. But here's a fact. You're never going to have peace on earth until the Prince of Peace lives in your heart. And maybe you're here today and you've never allowed God to be your Savior. You've never invited him in to be the Savior of your life. And I'm telling you today that God is here and God wants to forgive you whether you're worshiping online or in the cafe, the parent room, or wherever you may be today. The Prince of Peace has come to give you peace with him. And you can confess your sins and you can invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Savior. And for the very first Christmas in your life, you can truly understand what the angels proclaim. The Prince of Peace has come. The Prince of Peace Glory to God in the highest. Peace and goodwill toward men. 
And we're never going to have peace until we have the Prince of Peace living in us and until we allow him to be king of our lives. You know, God came not only to save us, but God came to fill us with his spirit and to be the boss, the CEO, the chief of our life. He came to sanctify us and fill us with his spirit so that we can live with peace with God and we can live at peace with others and we can have power over the sin that defeats us. And give us the power to sit in a room filled with people who maybe treat us terribly, but we have something that gives us the strength and the peace to live at peace with ourselves and with others. So I encourage you today, if you're not a believer, that you invite the Prince of Peace into your life to forgive you of your sins. If you're struggling in life when you're a believer and you're struggling and you, know, you just can't seem to get over the hump spiritually, if there's this nagging sin or this thing in your life or this person in your life and you just can't seem to get victory over, I invite you to make him king of your life today. I invite you to surrender to him and say to the Lord, Lord, be king of my life. I surrender to you this Christmas. And I just believe that I believe with all of my heart that those of you here today that need the Prince of Peace in your life whether as Savior or as King, and he is here. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for this gathering of your people today, Lord. It's Christmas. And Lord, the Prince of Peace has come and he's here. And so I pray today, Father, for every person that's listening to the voice, my voice at this moment, Lord, that they'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that small, still voice. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ as your Savior, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins and you've never invited him in to be Savior. The Bible says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so I encourage you right now just to say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins and ask God to forgive you and invite him in to be Savior. And then I believe there's others of you that would say, you know what, buddy, I, I am a believer, but I have a struggle. I've got areas in my life that I just can't seem to conquer. I can't seem to get victory over. There's these things in my life that God's called me to give up or move on from, and I just, I just can't seem to, just can't seem to get the victory over today. There's people in my life that I just can't seem to move beyond. And I want to encourage you today to make that Prince of Peace your king this Christmas. That you would surrender your life to him. You would surrender today to him, your past, your present, and your future. And you would just offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, saying, God, here I am. I'm yours. Be my leader. Be my boss. Be my CEO. Be my savior. Be my sanctifier. Fill me with your love and grace, Lord. Give me power to have victory. So I'm going to invite you as we stand in worship, if you want to come and pray, just be careful with the candles. 
But I think you can pray. We've had people in other services come and pray. If you'd like to come and pray this morning for any reason, maybe you want to come and praise and celebrate the fact that you invited Jesus into your heart today to be your Prince of Peace. Or maybe today you just want to surrender to God. You want to give yourself completely to Him. And allow Him to fill you to overflowing with His sweet, wonderful presence and give you power to live victorious and have the best Christmas of your whole life. Or you got a person that you just need to come and commit to God. Maybe you have a family member or a neighbor or someone that you, you're praying for and you want them to come to know Jesus. And you want to come and pray for them or you want to come and pray for yourself. So I just want to invite you to stand and let's worship together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Sing, come. 